Today, let's read Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. This is why the ancients were commended. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God gave approval to his gifts. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he did not see death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in godly fear built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went without knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the promised land as a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith Sarah, even though she was barren and beyond the proper age, was enabled to conceive a child, because she considered him faithful who had promised. And so from one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people died in faith, without having received the things they were promised. However, they saw them and welcomed them from afar, and they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Now those who say such things show that they are seeking a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac on the altar. He who had received the promise was ready to offer his one and only son, even though God had said to him, Through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and in a sense he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the future. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions about his bones. By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after his birth, because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were unafraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer oppression with God's people, rather than to experience the fleeting enjoyment of sin. He valued disgrace for Christ above the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. 
By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch Israel's own firstborn. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies in peace, did not perish with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? Time will not allow me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, and escaped the edge of the sword, who gained strength from weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused their release, so that they might gain a better resurrection. Still others endured mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, oppressed, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and hidden caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet they did not receive what was promised. God had planned something better for us, so that together with us, they would be made perfect. And this is God's word. Hebrews 10.39, the last verse of Hebrews 10 says, But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. That verse was the conclusion of the warning passage in Hebrews 10. Here in chapter 11, the author of Hebrews wants to clarify what faith is and how it is essential to following Christ. The reason we do not shrink back from following Jesus is that we have faith. It is our confidence in the promises of God and the rewards that God gives for persevering that cause us not to shrink back. So it is important for us to understand what faith is, as we see in verse 1, and how it has operated throughout human history, as we see in verse 2. That's why Hebrews 11 exists, and why it was written at this point in the book of Hebrews. In addition to being encouraged by these great and famous men and women of God throughout history, it is important for us to understand what it means for us to stand in league with them. All of us are linked by our faith in God's promises. But as verse 13 says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. In our age, there are many promises made on behalf of God from preachers and teachers that pertain to this life. Most of the best-known ministers of Christianity will tell you that if you follow Jesus, you will be happy. They will tell you that if you follow Jesus and give to his, meaning their, work, God will make sure that you get that fancy house, that luxury car, or whatever. Materialism drives so much of what is called Christianity these days in the United States. But the people in this chapter died before they got any of the promises 
God made to them. The call to follow Jesus, then, is a call to live for eternity, not for your best life now. Like Moses, who chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin, as verse 25 describes it, we may be giving up much in this life in order to walk with God. And Moses didn't even make it into the promised land. Do you think he felt gypped? I don't think so. Because according to verse 40, God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. There are, of course, benefits in this life to following Jesus. He gives us relief from guilt and the ability to know and love God. He gives us the power to change and to grow, to overcome the sins that ultimately hurt us and others. He gives us joy, even in the heartaches of life. So it isn't like being a Christian is all heartache and pain, but it is important to realize that there is a price to pay for discipleship in this life, but a much greater payoff for it in eternity. I hope these truths encourage you today, and I hope they help you to follow Jesus regardless of the costs. We'll see you next time.